A successful retirement plan begins with assembling the right set of tools. Finding the proper ones for the job will allow you to drill down on your goals and nail down your future. Scott Searles, certified wealth strategist and owner of Skybox Financial Group, constructs retirement plans for clients every day and will share that knowledge and insight with you. It's time to open the retirement toolbox and get to work. Hey, welcome to another edition of the Retirement Toolbox. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Scott Searles, financial advisor, president of Skybox Financial Group, serving you in the greater Cleveland area. You can find Scott online at skyboxfinancialgroup.com. Today, we're going to be busting some of the top social security myths, an updated list, and an updated dismantling for 2023. This should be a lot of fun to kind of rapid fire through these uh, this list of myths. We'll get to all that in a moment. But first, Scott, how are you, my friend? I am doing well, Walter. Knee deep in lacrosse, but I love it. It's uh, it's one game after another, right? It sounds like you're you're doing lacrosse about four or five nights a week now. Yeah, we got it pretty packed in, and then uh, between me coaching my younger daughter's team and then my other daughter playing in college, yeah, just there's lacrosse everywhere. Refing and watching and coaching and encouraging, and then you even mentioned before we started the show today that you're you're even drawing lines. You're even doing like field management. Is that right? Yeah. No. We had we had some uh, we had some issues where uh, one of the teams we were playing they couldn't get their field, so we switched it to ours, and we're in a field that's usually not lined. So uh, I have to go out there, and uh, I'm doing it with a couple other guys, but we're going to. Uh, yeah, line the field and paint the you know the eight and twelve meter and crease and all that fun stuff. You just you just know how to do everything related to the sport now. That's impressive. Actually, I don't know a whole lot, but I fake it really well. <laughs> there you go. That's <laughs> that's how you make it through anything in life, right? Fake it till you make it. That's, that's yeah. the way to go. I love it. Uh, one area you don't do that, I know, Scott, is when it comes to financial and retirement planning. You don't have to fake that. We know you. Don't I do not have to fake that. No. Really well. Um, compliance would really hate it if we said that you were faking all of this stuff. So. Yes, that would be that would be bad news. <laughs> I'm glad that that's not the case. <laughs> so you will be well qualified to help us on today's show where we uh, dismantle some of these top social security myths. We're also going to answer a question from Toby a little bit later on in the show who's retiring in a couple of years and uh, maxing out a 401k but not saving anywhere else and has some questions about that. So stay tuned if you have maybe a similar question to Toby about 401ks and maxing out savings and all that sort of good stuff. Uh, We'll also get to know Scott a little bit better on today's show. We've got some flattering comments to talk about, so that should be a little fun as well. Well, let's dive into this. Oh, yeah, it's going to be good. Let's dive into this comprehensive dismantling of Social Security myths. So have you ever wondered if Social Security is going to run out of money before you retire or if claiming benefits as soon as you're eligible is the best option for you? Uh, Well, we're going to kind of tackle some of those questions, some of those myths, if you will, on today's show so we can all get a little bit smarter along the way. So here's number one, Scott. We've got 10 of these to uh, to rip through on the show today. A lot of myths on Social Security. Yeah, yeah, go figure. And I don't even know if this is a comprehensive list. It just felt so. Once we got to 10, we said, let's cap it there, at least for now. Yeah. Uh, Social Security Administration, if you go to them, they're going to help you make the best decision about when you should start your benefit. Is that a myth? That is a myth. And I get that. I hear that from people a lot. And um, when you go to the Social Security office, they're going to be able to hop on their computers and get you the information about your benefits, how much you will receive 
when you'll be able to receive them, and all the details like that. But they cannot provide you with any advice. So they can't tell you, well, in your situation, it makes sense for you to wait to full retirement age to claim your Social Security and your wife to wait to age 70 because that's when you'll be able to maximize your benefits. They can't do anything like that. So when we work with somebody, we you know have a printout for them and we encourage them you know, when they go into the Social Security office to take that with them. And then they can use that as kind of a guide and say, this is what I'd like to do. And then they can kind of get it set up. So the advice is already given ahead of time. So that when you walk in there, they can provide the information to verify what we, we've we already gone through, and then they can they can get started. That helps. So they're really in the business of information, not advice. A clear distinction between the two. Mm-hmm. Myth number two, Scott, you won't get any Social Security if you were a stay-at-home mom. No, no work record, you have no hope. Well, that is not true because if you are a stay-at-home out. Al- mom and you had not worked a stay-at-home elk yeah that would be interesting wouldn't it (laughs) i'm sure they're stay-at-home elks (laughs) but but i'm talking about you know a stay-at-home mom mom all right (laughs) we're gonna call that an audio glitch i think that's what happened there yeah it wasn't my fault i mean (laughs) my wife actually yells at me all the time because i'm constantly miss saying things wrong my my uh my daughters actually have a list of things that I say wrong. And, and an example, I'm totally getting off track here, but an example is uh, we were going through the list the other day. I said, chicken Carmesan, you know. Carmesan. Chicken oh, nice. Carmesan. I said, chicken Carmesan. That sounds uh, like a delicious meal. Yeah. You can eat cl- chicken parm in the car and it's chicken Carmesan. Yeah. Who knows what I was thinking? And, Maybe you're you know, onto something. That's a new fast food restaurant. <laughs> See, maybe I'm not crazy. I know. Another one is instead of clam bake, I say clam bleak. Oh, and, yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I, I get a lot of these all mm. the time. So, you know, listeners, please, you know, just <laughs> bear with me a little bit, okay? Elk, so elk if, equals mom. We'll if you're a stay-at-home that. elk and uh, – <laughs> <laughs> no, but the reality is you can actually still claim off of your spouse's benefits – off of their work record. So you can actually claim half of what your spouse is receiving. So if they're receiving $2,000 a month, for instance, you could actually receive $1,000 a month based off those spousal benefits. All right, very good. Thanks for putting up with some some good-natured ribbing there for us. No, no problem. I appreciate that. I have five women at home. There you go. Exactly. Uh, all right. So you won't get any Social Security if you are a stay-at-home mom. That's a myth. That's debunked. What about myth number three, Scott? You won't pay taxes on your Social Security since you already paid taxes on that money when you paid into the system in the first place. Well, you know what? That is a big, huge myth because uh, twice in history, um, I believe once uh, during the Clinton administration, and then in the first Bush administration, they created the taxation of Social Security. So twice they've changed it, but it hasn't changed since then. And up to 85% of your benefits can become taxable. And not to get too nerdy on the podcast, but it's based on something called provisional income. And provisional income is going to be all your normal earnings, rents, dividends, interest, all of that type of stuff, as well as municipal bond interest. 
and half of your Social Security benefit is included in this provisional income calculation. You take that provisional income calculation and you put it on their little chart. And if you're married and that provisional income is between 32,000 and 44,000, you're going to pay taxes on 50% of your Social Security benefit. If it's over that 44, it's going to be 85% of your Social Security benefit. Single, 25 to 34 is 50%. And over that 34 is going to be 85%. So indeed, Social Security is going to be taxable for a lot of people in retirement. And it's very easy with that provisional income calculation, which includes half your Social Security benefit, to actually get to the point where you're going to have some of your Social Security taxed. That's good to know, Scott. And uh, I know that's a, that, would you say that's a pretty common one? Like, is that one of the more popular myths? People think they're not going to have to pay taxes on that money when they come in to meet with you? Yeah, or they don't know how it works. And, yeah. and you know, they, they just have no clue on, you know, how the Social Security is taxed at what point. And, and then there's strategies and things we can do to maybe reduce some of that taxable income so that we can have Social Security not taxed in the future. I don't blame folks. Uh, taxes are hard enough to figure out just on a year-to-year basis, let alone looking out into the future. And then when you rope in other things like your 401ks and Social Security and all mm-hmm. these other things, it can get very complex. So Absolutely. That, that's why we have you to turn to to help us through these things. All right, so myth number four would be that there won't be any Social Security left by the time you retire. We've been hearing this for a long time. Yeah, we have. There's a lot of media out there and the internet, you know, that that's saying Social Security is going to run out of money. And yes, there are financial difficulties with Social Security down the road. And Social Security is paid for out current workers. They pay the Social Security tax, which funds current Social Security, plus they have an excess that they've got built up in the Social Security Trust Fund. Well, throughout the years, they've raided that trust fund. There's not quite as much money in there. And then we've got a demographic trend where we're getting people are getting older. We have a lot of boomers starting to claim Social Security and less workers paying in. So there is an issue there. But for I tell people, you know, I don't think that Social Security is ever not going to get paid. Is the system going to change for younger people? Absolutely. If you're over 55 now, are your benefits going to be impacted? Probably not. Helpful to hear that as well. So we'll get to myth number five. Should you claim Social Security as soon as you're eligible? This may be driven by number four, right? Well, yeah, exactly. Or the fact that somebody thinks, hey, you know what? I'm six, they're 62 on their birthday. They're running down to the Social Security office. Like, I'm going to get that money because I could die tomorrow and I want to make sure I get as much as I can back out of the government. There's some truth to that, right? But there's factors that you need to consider. We all know that waiting and delaying Social Security means that your payment is going to get larger and it goes all the way up to age 70 and that's where it caps out. But if you lived age 71, you made a poor decision. If you lived to 91, you made a good decision by winning age 70. So a lot of the times I'll have a conversation with people, talk about family history and and other factors go into determining at what age is going to make sense. I can calculate and I can come up with the combination between a husband and wife what ages are going to give them the max amount of money if they live to an average life expectancy. 
but we don't know how long someone's going to live. So there's always that gamble. But in most of the cases, running and grabbing it at age 62 is probably not going to be the best solution. All right, we've made it halfway through our list of myths about Social Security and dismantling them for you on the show today. If you've got any questions about some of the myths that we've talked about, you can reach out to Scott anytime by calling 888-742-0111, 888-742-0111, or schedule a time to visit with Scott for a free consultation about your finances and retirement plan by going to talktoscott.com. That's talktoscott.com. Dot com Schedule from your smartphone or computer today. Uh, myth number six, Scott, you can't work and receive Social Security benefits at the same time. Got to choose one or the other. That is definitely a myth. And uh, you certainly can be working and receive Social Security at the same time. But there is a difference on when you start taking that Social Security while you're working. If your full retirement age for most people is going to be 66 in some type of months or possibly 67 listening to this podcast, once you reach age full retirement age, you can collect and receive your full Social Security benefit, okay? And there's no reduction in the actual amount of your, your benefit. You'll still have to pay taxes on it, though. That part doesn't change. If you claim Social Security before full retirement age and you are still working, they are going to reduce your benefits if you make more than $21,240, okay? And they're going to reduce that for $1 for every $3 you make above that $21,240. So in some cases, maybe it does make sense to claim it earlier, but you have to be aware that those benefits are going to be reduced if you take it before full retirement age. Yeah, that's an interesting one to kind of break down and understand as well, because a lot of people do mix and match that working whilst withdrawing Social Security. And it's kind of like that uh, earlier one that we talked a little bit about, too, the taxes in the system. Some people just don't understand how that uh, that math works, that that, that arithmetic, if you will. Uh, What about myth number seven here? A little bit of a change of gears. Social security benefits are only for U.S. citizens. So that is a myth also. If you are a non-U.S. citizen and you're living abroad, but you're working through an American company and paying into social security, you might very well be eligible. And you may also be a visa non-U.S. person living in the United States that is working here and paying into the system, and you may also be eligible. And there are a lot of different rules for illegal aliens and disability payments that they may become eligible. Also, I'm not super familiar with that because I really just don't run across that a whole lot. But certainly for for someone living abroad or living here uh, legally and paying into the system, you would be eligible for Social Security benefits. Good to know for those of you who might fit that category as well. Uh, Myth number eight, if you have a pension, you won't be eligible for Social Security benefits. That would be a bummer if true. Yeah, it is not true. Uh, But there might be, you might have a reduced Social Security benefit based on a calculation called the windfall elimination provision. And, you know, that's something we figure out for people here in the office, but that only applies to public pensions. For instance, if you were a teacher, 
uh, a fireman, a police officer, um, a county worker, a state worker. Okay. Those are while you're working, you do not pay into social security. All right. So the key is if you're working and you don't pay into social security and let's say you had worked 10 years earlier and you, um, you had 10 years worth of paying in the social security and you might be eligible for something that social security benefit would be reduced because of that public pension plan. But if you like to say, for instance, you work at a company that's a private company and you have a pension that does not affect as long as you're the key is, are you paying in the social security while you're working? If you are, then it would not be affected. Very good. We're making our way through all of these Social Security myths. Again, if you have any questions about these or want to talk to Scott and tap into that 20-plus years of experience in the financial and retirement planning world, you can go to talktoscott.com, schedule a free consultation. Myth number nine, Scott, Social Security benefits are based on your income and assets. Yeah, this is definitely a myth, though that that is something called means testing and and it has been brought up as a way to maybe fix social security later on down the road so in other words if you have a lot of income and you have a lot of assets you may get a reduced social security benefit that's something they've talked about but that is certainly not the rule now you can have a billion dollars and make a billion dollars a year and still get your full social security payment Interesting. So that one is a myth for now, but could become a truth sometime in the future, perhaps, at least as one of the proposed solutions in the future for Social Security. Yeah, that's something that they've talked about is possibly maybe fixing it down the road. But, you know, we know politicians, they don't act on anything quickly. And, uh, you know, so I don't see any of that happening anytime soon. Been a lot of talk about Social Security, obviously, for many, many years, and uh, maybe very little action in mostly just the talk part. So, exactly good to keep that in mind. All right, we've reached our final myth, or at least the tenth one for today's show. Your Social Security benefits are based on your last job's salary. You've kind of debunked this one just through all of your other explanations, Scott, but uh, it is one that is believed by folks. Yeah, it that it is not based on your last job salary, though that does go into the calculation. What they do is they take an average of your, you know, 35 years of work history, and that is what they use to calculate the Social Security benefits. And that's actually quite a complicated calculation where they come up with something called the PIA or the primary insurance amount. That's the amount that you get at full retirement age. Uh, but it is based on your lifetime earning history, not just your last earning history. There you go. A breakdown of all the Social Security myths for 2023 that you need to be aware of if you believed in any of those myths and have maybe some concerns about how your plan is built on uh, a lie or a mistruth or something like that. Well, that's a great indication. It's time to meet with an advisor to help navigate through and get a full comprehensive financial plan so that you can be on the right track to achieve your financial goals and dreams. Scott helps people do that each and every day in the office. And if you'd like to schedule that time to visit, again, go to talktoscott.com and you can schedule that right now. It's getting to know you time. All right, enough of the Social Security talk for 
now it's time to get to know Scott a little bit better on today's show. And our question for today's episode, Scott, is about flattering comments. What's the most flattering comment you've ever received? Boy, you know what? I don't get many flattering comments. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get, boy, you have a nice head of hair. Boy, you look nice skinny. Boy, you're a good-looking guy. I don't get any of those types of comments. Uh, So, But, you know, one thing, though, that I remember, and I don't know if this actually fits into a flattering comment, but it was uh, we were out to dinner one time uh, as a family, and uh, our waitress was somebody that I actually coached in lacrosse. Uh, she was home from college, and and she was there, and she said to me how grateful she was that she played lacrosse and that I coached her because I had taught her a lot of valuable life lessons, and she always loved the time that she played lacrosse, and I probably had coached her for probably five, six years that she was on my team. So that's probably about the closest I can get to a flattering comment. Well, I like that. I think that's uh, that, that that's a great comment to, to say. I, I get some comments about my blue eyes sometimes. I would say that's maybe not the most flattering thing I've ever gotten, but that's probably a good, uh, probably the most common one that I get. How about that? So, yeah, that, that that's a good one. You got to leverage. What, you got to leverage what you got, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> we may right. not have a lot of other gifts, so when when you get that random one, you're going to hold on to it tight. Uh, so. <laughs> that's right. Other people say I have nice blue eyes. I'm going to stick with that and, and go with that for my flattering comments. So very good. Uh, that's fun. Let's get on to uh, one of our listener questions now as we open up the mailbag. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. All right, you can submit questions if you want to ever have one featured on a future show online at skyboxfinancialgroup.com. And as we open up the mailbag on today's episode, it's a question from Toby. And Toby says, I'm retiring in about five years, and I'm currently maxing out my 401k, but not adding any other savings. Should I be saving anywhere else, even if that means putting less in my 401k? Toby, this is a great question. I'm glad that you wrote this in because this is something that I run across a lot where people will come into my office ready to retire and they've got the majority, if not all of their savings in their retirement plans at work. Now, it's great that you're saving and you're accumulating those assets, but where the issues come in is that when you actually start to retire and you start utilizing some of your funds to fund retirement, Every penny you take out of your 401k is going to become taxable. And because that money is going to be taxable, you're going to end up paying taxes on your social security, like we were just talking about in this episode, as well as it, you know, as tax rates go up in the future, you're going to end up paying even more on that. So what I would encourage you to do is consider maybe saving some money outside of your retirement plan in a regular individual or joint brokerage account and accumulate money that when you use it in your retirement is not going to be taxable because then it's going to give you a lot more flexibility when you're in retirement. 
All right. Very good question, Toby. Thanks for sending that one in to us. And hey, you're entering into that phase of life five years from retiring. It sounds like you said in your question, you know, that goes for anybody. If you're entering into that zone about five years out from retirement or closer, you're really in um, the, the planning zone. You are in the time of life where decisions become really critical. So if you're similar to Toby and thinking about these kinds of things, hey, should I save more here? Should I move this over here? And you're five years out or less from retirement, uh, now the decisions become really important. So make sure you're getting good advice and guidance and help as you move those different uh, pieces on your puzzle board and uh, make all of those important decisions about retirement. Call 888-742-0111 to talk to Scott. That's 888-742-0111 or the really easy to remember URL, talktoscott.com. That's talktoscott.com. Scott, thanks for all your help on the show today. Great catching up with you, and thanks for walking us through those Social Security myths. Look forward to the next show with you. It's fun as always. Yeah, absolutely. That's Scott Searles. I'm Walter Storholt. We'll see you next time on the Retirement Toolbox. Go Guardians. Investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management, LLC.